Hello, everyone. Welcome to All Things College and Career, the podcast to turn to for all of your college and career planning needs with your hosts, Meg Gary and Bobby Ryan. You came to the right place to gather as much information as possible about college and careers before you make any big decisions. We are so glad you are here to learn before before you leap each week with us. We are really excited about today's guest, Madeline Mann, a.k.a. the Self-Made Millennial. If you are looking for job search advice, today's podcast is for you. Yes, this young woman is a real go-getter. We are so impressed with all that she has accomplished at such a young age. She is a two-time author and wrote her first book at age 16. Clearly a slacker. Right. (laughs) Anyway, she also is the creator of the incredibly popular YouTube channel called Self Made Millennial that provides excellent career and job search advice. Yeah, and Madeline has been featured on Business Insider, Newsweek, Career Contessa, and more. This year, she was named as a top 50 person to follow on LinkedIn and a top 10 YouTube channel for job seekers. Pretty impressive. So Mm -hmm. if you are in need of job seeking tips, today's podcast is for you. It certainly is. So enough of our introduction. Let's get on to our conversation with Madeline. All right, let's do it. Hello, Madeline Mann of the Self-Made Millennia. Welcome to All Things College and Career, and thank you so much for doing our podcast today. It is absolutely my pleasure. So good to be here. Glad to have you, and good morning, Madeline. We are so excited to chat with you today. You are such an accomplished woman and an inspiration for sure. So where are we talking to you from today? I'm in Los Angeles. All right. You know, Mm -hmm. my husband and I just bought a house in Redondo Beach, so... Wow. Maybe not too far from you. See you soon. See you soon. (laughs) Well, not too soon. We're remodeling. It's going to be a year at least. So whatever. (laughs) But, you know, eventually, eventually. Another story. So anyway, Madeline, you are have a lot going on. You are an an HR and talent development professional, a keynote speaker, an author of two books, which we will get into later for sure. Uh, The creator of a very successful YouTube channel, Self Made Millennial, where you provide career job advice to thousands of subscribers. You're killing it. (laughs) (laughs) Kudos. You do all of this and more, you know, so much more. But for the sake of narrowing down my next question, can you tell our listeners three things you love about helping others with their job? search. Yeah. So what I love about helping others with their job search is, first of all, there's a lot of things before you actually apply to a job that I think people sometimes rush through, such as really getting mm. to know what are their values, what makes them excited to wake up in the morning, and what what is going to be their true career drive. And so kind of helping people to take a step back and soul search before they job search is extremely fulfilling. Uh, The second thing I think is building people's confidence. A lot of the practices that I teach are where you are putting yourself out there. You're contacting people who maybe you don't know or know very little and getting over that fear of approaching someone is something that you can take with you anywhere in your life. And I would say the third part is just the satisfaction of when someone lands that job and they're thrilled and it's the job that they didn't even think that they could get. And Mm. that satisfaction for me 
is truly the the greatest gift. Yeah, that's a big reward for sure. Very well said. That's awesome. So listen, we want to dive into some of your job seeking and career tips later on, but I just sort of want to start where it all began or talk about your education a little because a lot of our listeners are researching colleges. And as an undergrad, you went to UC San Diego. And for graduate school, you went to USC, University of Southern California. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about your experience is there and what kind of students you think might thrive there and just any tips and advice you have just briefly on those two schools? Absolutely. So yes, UC San Diego was my undergrad. And I would say that I am a very academic person. I always loved school. And I went to Mm -hmm. UC San Diego and I was surrounded by people who were absolutely the same. It is a very academic school. Definitely. And it leans a lot in the sciences. So I did psychology, but there's also a lot of very deep, amazing sciences, especially around climate change that UC San Diego is known for. So if there's anything like that, that's it's really good for, for those kinds of students and anyone who's really interested in research. Now, I wasn't so interested in research. I wanted to be a journalist when I went there. Mm-hmm. And it also has at least when I was there, had one of the best student newspapers in the country. And so... Right. What was the name of their student newspaper? Is it the Triton? It's called The Guardian. Oh, The Guardian. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why it's yeah. called The Guardian. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and when you were there, Madeline, which of the colleges were you? Or not colleges, yes. but you know how they have... Yeah, they're called colleges. You know it is colleges. Which one were you in? I was in Eleanor Roosevelt College. Okay. Eleanor Roosevelt. Yep. Did you choose that or did it choose you? So I think it was actually my third choice. So you have to rank yeah. all six yeah, colleges. Yeah, that's how it goes. Right. Right. Yeah. And so you- What a great name for a college show, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm a huge Eleanor Roosevelt fan. So yeah, I who was isn't? very I mean, she happy was quite to a woman. Her. Yeah, yes, exactly. So were you happy with your third choice, even though it was only your third choice in the end? Or I was happy. Yes. They have mm-hmm. really tough GEs. I think that's the thing about choosing a college. Some of the colleges have more difficult GEs than others. And for Eleanor Roosevelt, it's about being a world citizen. So you have to take this course called Making of the Modern World, which is really mm-hmm. extensive. It's like over a year of learning from the beginning of time of history up into present day. And wow. and you also have to take a pretty heavy language requirement as well. Yeah. Wow. Well, that sounds incredibly difficult, learning history from the beginning of time till present, but I'm sure it was a great experience. Yeah. So how about USC? Did you go straight there to graduate school or did you take some time in between or how did you do that? So I ended up going straight in, which is actually not something I recommend to most people mm-hmm. because right. it is such a... Uh, you know, going to USC, the, the bill is very high, and if you if it's not ends up <laughs> very high, not sure. being the the thing you want to do for the rest of your life, it is a tough way to learn that you don't want to do it for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I lucked out. I knew what I wanted. I went into the program. Mm-hmm. The program is applied psychology, but there's two paths: it's consumer psychology and organizational psychology. I went there for the organizational psychology and I absolutely loved it. And, and Mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing today. And so it absolutely worked out and it was wonderful to be at a school where there was a football team and lots of pride and a very connected network. Yeah. I mean, they have an amazing football team. Yeah. Yeah. That's for (laughs) sure. And it's a great school. Yeah. 
Yeah. So do you draw on that organizational psychology background that you got in your master's degree to do the work you do today? Has that been instrumental in your success? Absolutely. Because I'm constantly thinking about, first of all, how do I measure success, right? It's by taking True. organizational psychology, you're thinking of how do I how do I measure human behavior, which is something that's difficult to do. And so you're we're learning mm-hmm. that from day one is you're taking statistics courses, you're learning about different studies. And then the second thing is that I am thinking about things from a point of view of let's not just try some things and see what happens. I, I It comes from a research-based view of this is how human behavior responds to certain types of stimuli. And I'm going to craft facilitations or communications to employees in ways that actually enables them to take the action that I want. Wow, right. that's so fascinating. Yeah. Do you also translate that over into your social media platforms where you've had such a huge response? Have you used that background in response of human behavior, how they respond to communication? So I would say yes, but on a greater level, I think that a lot of the things that I talk about on social media are from me observing people, almost my own little ethnographical studies of people, of understanding, watching hiring managers over and over again have these same patterns of reactions to certain Mm. things. Or even in an interview, if someone answers a question and I notice myself being very impressed by them, I'll sit down after that interview and break down what did they do that made me feel good. Right. And so I always try to think through, you know, I don't just say, oh, that was good. I think, why? Why did that happen? Why did that trigger such a positive response? Right. And that way you can share it with your listeners if you can break that yes, down. exactly. Right? It's not just a general, gosh, that felt great, but I really don't know why. It's good that you get in there and analyze it and then be able to share it. Absolutely. So and we want to dive yep. into that so much deeper, but we do want to just touch on your current career as a talent development management at Inspire in the LA area. If you could talk to our listeners that are interested in maybe a career in human resources or talent management, if you could just share a few tidbits about what a typical day is like, the advantages and drawbacks of your job and how to best break into a field such as your own. Yes, absolutely. My role immediately preceding the one I have right now was an HR generalist. So I touched every single piece of HR from the hiring of people to obviously like the benefits and admin side to the building learning facilitations to retention, engagement, org planning, strategic culture building, all of those things. And then I went into my next job, talent development, which is also usually called learning and development, where now I'm purely building facilitations and experiences for employees where they can learn. And that then enables change in the business of how do we now craft either our onboarding program or an all-company retreat or a leadership program, all those things. So I would say some of the best parts about pursuing these types of roles in HR is that you learn the ins and outs of an organization. Like I really intimately understand what's going on in the back room of what kind of decisions are being made and and what's influencing the business. And you get to touch every department, your resource to cross the business. So it's really helped me get very much a breadth of understanding. Yeah. And you also are that strategic person who helps with when there's a company change, right? You can change, companies often change either like, you know, the strategy, the technology, and then you have to change the people to then follow that strategy and technology. And the people part is usually 
where companies fall short. You know, you can have the best plan ever, but if you don't get people on your side and teach them how to do things the right way and motivate them to pursue that, then you're out of luck. Mm, Right. So I would say those are all of the really fun parts about HR and just building programs and then seeing them flourish and seeing the actual business results. It would be great if you could give us an example of like how you did that for one project or one transition, or maybe you did a on-site employee development thing. Yes. So here's a very simple example. I'm constantly talking to employees and this was at my previous role. And I noticed that a lot of them were saying things like, yeah, we're just, we have a lot of meetings here and they just seem inefficient. Mm -hmm. And these were offhanded comments. They weren't complaining heavily, but, but it was a pattern. Right. And so that was a signal to me is that there is something a little bit broken in our culture. And so those are the things that I'm always looking out for is what are we being permissive about in our culture that's actually damaging? I love that. That is so smart. And it is so important for someone to be looking out for that. Yes. And it's really, yeah, the the greatest thing that you allow is the thing that's going to really damage your culture. And so I did a facilitation with the entire company where I asked them, you know, what are our meetings feeling like right now? And we built these meetings best practices where we talked about what we expect. And it was this really productive conversation where instead of me standing up there saying, Hey everyone, our meetings are not going well. Here's the new rules. Yeah. I, I reached out to the organization <laughs> right. and I said, tell me what you want. Right. And, right. and they did. And it really helped people. And then I gave people permission. I said, all right, these are the best practices. Call people out when you're in a meeting. If you sit down in a meeting and there's no agenda, ask whoever is the owner of the meeting. Hey, where, where's, where's the, the agenda? agenda? And I, yeah. What are we yeah. doing here? <laughs> Yeah. And it's and, it's so important yeah. to get all the stakeholders on board whenever you make a change like that. I think that was a great strategy. Right. Everybody's right. a part of the solution. Mm. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to ask you quickly, what is the goal of your role within the organization? Like to make employees happier, to make them more efficient, to be more productive? What's the ultimate goal? Probably all those. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So yes, in my role now, I'm building out a full orientation right now. So Uh, I work at a company where we're in the energy industry, which can be very complex. And the idea is that by building out this orientation where people get up to speed quickly, they will now have higher velocity within a shorter amount of time. Mm -hmm. They'll be achieving more and they'll be more likely to accomplish their own goals. So a lot of the work I do is enabling other people to be higher performers Mm. in their role. And I build feedback facilitations and that kind of stuff, which again, if you get great feedback, Back, you will then be able to better achieve your goals. So th- that's really the... Seems like such an important role yeah. that I wonder if how many companies actually have someone like that in place, but that sounds really valuable. Absolutely. I know. I know. Also, <laughs> just one final question on this. I just wanted to quickly ask you for any listener hoping to break into a similar field in HR or talent management, what would you recommend as the best strategy they should embark on to get to where you are? Yes, I would say, especially from when I talk to people who are really starting out in this, going through this path, there isn't this really clear line. Mm -hmm. You don't just get an entry-level job creating trainings, right? People have, you have to build up 
this trust and this experience. And so one thing I found is I started off as an HR coordinator. Another great role is a recruiting coordinator. These coordinator jobs are really great ways to start learning the organization quickly and then grow into a more uh, specialized or even a more generalist role. Or it might help you sort of identify if you get to know the company that well, where the best fit for you would be also, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's yes. great. That's a great tip. But how do you get that first recruiter role? There's certain skills they look for. It's really being really organized, an amazing communicator. I've seen people get recruiting coordinator roles when they haven't had direct recruiting experience before, or there's a lot of ways that you can actually build recruiting experience for organizations. So if you are someone who is in a sorority or in a nonprofit organization or a club, and you are the one who's recruiting speakers to speak your event, or you're recruiting uh, new members, that's actually an amazing way. Or you're even building processes. Like for example, I built a bunch of processes when I worked at the the campus newspaper on here's our hiring processes and here's our training processes. And so that wasn't a classically HR role, but you can take this initiative in different organizations. That's such great advice. And I think it's so important for listeners to understand that, that not all your skill sets come from a paid position. They come from... Oh my gosh, yes. Right. Volunteer work, charity work. Right. And also internships or volunteering to do some work at a company for free or, you know, any way you can get... Right. um, Or as you said, a college newspaper or running a sorority, almost anything. Yeah. Yeah. A trick is how to figure out how to parlay that into... what you want to do, right? And I'm sure you're good at helping people do that, Madeline. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want to just quickly touch upon the advantages and drawbacks and what a typical day is like? Yes. So I would say that I talked a lot about the advantages and, and what I love about it. And you did. All that. You did. I, I would say yeah. the drawbacks are that working in HR can sometimes be lonely mm. because you're the secret keeper. Mm. And right. you are also the person who in the end, like part of my identity in HR is that I am a massive advocate for the employee. But at the end of the day, my job is to protect the company. And so that is kind of a weird dynamic in that you need the employees to trust you. And and I really do move mountains to make sure that they feel comfortable and I'm doing best on them. But in the end, yes, you are, you're hired by the company to protect them in any and all cases. Of course. So that is a great point. Right. And I'm sure there are times when you you do what you can on the behalf of the employee, you go speak to whoever you need to, but you don't have the final decision on what they decide to do, right? So yes. And I would say the other two things that can be a drawback of the career is that often HR can be seen as an expense rather than an investment. Mm. Since you don't see it directly as, you know, we're not the sales people right, landing, right, right. landing all these amazing deals, but you want to shake them sometimes and be like, this is a, an ounce of prevention to prevent mm, a right, pound of cure. Right. It's like exercise. So you don't get, <laughs> so you don't get right. sick. I mean, it's, it is, it's the same thing. And right. You can't produce sales numbers, but you have your employees that are more efficient, to produce better. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And that salesperson who's getting all that great sales, we're going to retain them. <laughs> so we don't, Lose that. Right. 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 That's your job. Yes. Keep them happy. Right. So, hey, do you want to give us a few minutes to talk about your books? <laughs> we love the first book you wrote, You Don't Get Me, A Teenage Girl's Insight on How to Parent Your Teenage Daughter. So we're kind of curious where that came from and 
I assume it was from personal experience. Yes. So it's it's funny looking back now because it right. all seems to make sense. So <laughs> when I was 16, I, I did exactly what I'm doing now as I was studying people's behaviors. I was keeping notes of why were all of my friends having the same exact fights with all of their parents? And Wait, hold up for a second. Parents- 16, you wrote this book. Yes. Wow, that's uh, impressive. Okay, keep going. So I decided that, you know, I was, I was noticing this and I, I noticed some parents were absolutely just amazing at lowering the blood pressure in the situation, just bringing it down and, and being able to then solve the problem. And other, other parents with their daughters, they just, it just ended up being an all out fight. Right. Mm. And I was like, what is these parents over here doing so well that these other parents are struggling with? And I started writing a book of all these different ways. And and I was recording how different things made the daughter feel. And so this entire book was basically how to parent your teenage daughter from the teenage daughter's point of view. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, it's like how to make your employee happy from (laughs) the employee's point of view. So you've been doing this right from the get go. Yeah. 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 Do you have any quick couple of takeaways that you could recommend to parents of teenagers out there? Yeah. I know that there's this one part of the book that my dad, he face palmed when he read it. <laughs> and it was when I, there was this moment of, of when I was crying on the kitchen floor because my friends didn't invite me to the movies. Right. Mm-hmm. And my dad and my mom walk in, my dad goes, who was it? What should we do? Should I call them? Where should I go? <laughs> and and I just remember being like, I stormed out and I was like, get away. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. and I was so upset. And and I wrote like, all I wanted my parents to do at that moment was to be like, oh, that is awful. Yeah, just, yeah. That is just Give you a hug that and say, sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Right. right. Yeah. So but, there's a lot of vignettes like that. Yeah. yeah but I that's love a that. typical dad. They want to solve the problem. Who do I kill? Oh, Just show me the way. <laughs> <laughs> Who's upsetting my daughter? Yeah. That's it. That's right. That's so funny. That's that is so true. But so more recently though, you wrote fill in the blank job hunt, essential email templates for the job search, which is so helpful. And I know you do a lot of templates that you give away on your YouTube channel too, like emails you can send out to prospective job interviews and things like that. So can you tell us about this book a little bit? Yes. So I wrote this book out of pure demand in my inbox. So many of the emails I get from job seekers is they'll explain their situation and be like, what should I write to them now? Or how do I approach this employer? Or how do I negotiate this? And like, what should I email them back? And it ended up being where there were so many times that I was helping them draft these emails that, and and these emails aren't that different across different situations. Right. And that's what I noticed. And there were certain emails that were just amazing. There's this one email in the book called the um, Hail Mary email. (laughs) That's a great name. And it brings recruiters like back from the dead. It like, it suddenly, after you've been interviewing them, you haven't heard back this email will make them finally respond to you. And I kept getting this great response each time. And so I was like, okay, this has got to be in the book. And so I compiled all these emails since I just saw that it was absolutely paralyzing for people to try to draft these things. And me as the person who's the one receiving these emails, I knew exactly what people needed to write. Right. And so 
Each email has blanks in it to where it says, okay, here's where you write this and here's where you put this reason here. And then it has an example of it all filled in and, and also details around why I recommend oh, yeah, this Yeah, that's so genius. Yeah. And every job seeker and career coach should have a copy in their hand. <laughs> yeah. They absolutely should. I mean, people get paralyzed when mm. they have to think about writing a right. letter if they think it's going to ruin their chances mm. if I just say this wrong thing right. or and how do I say right. the right thing? And, yeah. and I just value the people who who've been on the receiving ends, their opinion so much, because as you said, you've just looked at thousands of these. And Mm -hmm. so you know what works and what doesn't. And that's just invaluable advice for sure. I'm sure you get some letters that you receive that you just roll your eyes and say, what were they thinking writing this letter? (laughs) That really is kind of the thing that triggered me to start all this in the first place, Mm -hmm. just noticing so many people are making mistakes across the board and just thinking if everyone knew what I knew, Everyone right. would be so much happier. Yeah, right, a, right. That's great. Yeah. So listen, I want to talk about your YouTube channel a bit called Self Made Millennial. That's how I actually came across you. I was watching some of your videos and mm-hmm. just really responded to them because you just come across so authentic and natural and I don't know, just real and your advice seems genuine and helpful. So I highly recommend anyone looking for a job to head on over and check out the Self Made Millennial. YouTube channel. It's amazing. Yeah, I have to interject. What I love about it too is that you get a lot of information, really good information, and it doesn't take much time. Right. You, get you don't it, waste the listeners or viewers <laughs> time, which I appreciate. Yeah. 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 Because we're such big fans of your YouTube channel, obviously find it really helpful in our own line of work. But just wondering if you could touch on some basic career and job search advice. Like you have a YouTube on the three-step easy cover letter and the top five resume tips. So maybe we could start with those. Yes. So I would say for the cover letter, that one I really like because a lot of people will tell you, don't write a cover letter. No one reads them. And that is true about 50% of the time. It's a coin flip whether or not someone's going to read your cover letter. But if writing a cover letter that 50% time gets someone to then call you, I believe it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Right. And does anybody ever say, I can't believe they wrote a cover letter. (laughs) It's never a negative, right? Unless you don't write a good cover letter, right? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So you might as well write one. Yes. And so I am someone who reads cover letters. So that's why Mm -hmm. I'm also especially passionate about them. But my cover letter formula, I believe in the title, it says three-step easy cover letter formula because it is extremely Easy. easy. And it really shouldn't take you very much time and it still packs a punch. So what that formula is, is the first sentence is, what kind of professional you are. Just out the gate, I am a a talent development manager at Inspire and I have built programs for over 500 employees or something. So a quantifiable experience right out of the gate? You use a number or a measure of some kind? Numbers are always good. If you can't get a number in the first line, that's okay. So yeah, I think it's just Yeah, people love to see numbers. I would say then the second part is naming an accomplishment or two that is specifically pertaining to the job description. Right. So I remember when I was applying for HR coordinator roles, I said things like, I've built a buddy program for new hires and I have been 
the manager of all of employee files for, yeah, exactly, for 150 employees or whatever it was. And those are things that were showing up in that HR coordinator role where it's like, okay, this person has done these things, or this is also a great moment if you are maybe one of those applicants who isn't uh, someone who has had this experience in the past that you name these things from organizations, student organizations, or other things that you've done where you're kind of connecting these skills that maybe on a resume they might not immediately pop out as, okay, this is the exact same type of job as what they're applying to. Right. right. Speaking of resumes, I don't want to step out of yeah, the don't, cover letter yeah. tips, but when, yeah, we don't want to get away from that. But a quick question, do you read the resume? I mean, honestly, like all of it, I mean, especially if they have a good cover letter, do you just kind of confirm things with the resume or just go to LinkedIn? So I start with the resume, then yeah. I go to LinkedIn. I usually go to LinkedIn almost immediately. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is extremely important. We have heard that from a lot of hiring managers, honestly. So listeners, Mm -hmm. your LinkedIn is important. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It is. (laughs) It should be on your application. And then I'll go to the cover letter. And if I'm on the edge about the LinkedIn and resume, the cover letter generally pushes me over the edge one way or another. In one direction or another. Wow. Interesting. See, another good reason of a cover letter. So you're on number three. Yeah, so the cover letter. (laughs) The third part of the cover letter is say something about why you're interested in that company. Mm -hmm. And do right. not overthink this. So it could be as simple as, and I'm very interested in working at your company because my values align very closely with your mission to bring healthcare to underserved communities. Mm-hmm. Boom, right. done. Like that is, that's, right. and honestly, yeah. it is so crazy how many people do just send their resume out there and they don't take time to get to know what kind of company they're applying to. Right. Just, just crazy. It shows some laziness. Take all that time to send it right. out. And also- yeah people that don't align their resume and their cover letter to the position they're applying for, because then it makes a hiring manager just feel like they're really not after this specific job. They're just throwing resumes out everywhere. Yes. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Right, right. This yeah. resume could be for yeah. X number right, of companies. Exactly. Yeah, right. So I just want to skip ahead a little. So you've submitted 99% of the time now, I believe, electronically, your cover letter, your resume. How do you make sure the hiring manager sees all that? What I recommend is to never apply and then just wait. I recommend sending an email or LinkedIn message to either someone in the company or try to find out who the hiring manager is and let them know you applied. So the way I do this is... I go on LinkedIn and I see who works at the company and I see if anyone is a first or second degree connection. Mm -hmm. And if they're a second degree connection, I look to see who we're connected by. And I hope that it's someone who I legitimately have some sort of relationship with. And I'll either ask them to introduce me to that person or sometimes I'll just go ahead and in my message say, hey, you know, I saw you are connected to Meg. I was Mm -hmm. on her podcast and we have a great relationship. And I wanted to reach out because I just applied to a job at your company. And I was hoping, you know, my resume might get lost in the shuffle. So I was hoping you'd help like pass it along or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's great. I heard this LinkedIn tip from Wayne Breitbar, who you also know. And he was saying that you can search in an area, say you went to USC, you can see if anybody in that company went to USC right. and, and that, that could be gives you connection. something in common. Yeah. Hey, I'm a UCSC right. grad too. <laughs> yeah. Or right. whatever. Yes, yeah. Yeah. that's magic. Absolutely. Yeah. So use all your networking availabilities. Yeah. LinkedIn's really been a game changer. 
that way. But yeah, so let's, mm-hmm. okay, now we know so how, those are good uh, tips. Yep. how to how to get your resume seen. Yeah. Because when you post a job, Madeline, how many responses would you say you'd get? It depends on what kind of job it is, mm-hmm. but often hundreds and hundreds of responses, especially the more junior it is, especially like I've opened up internship yeah. applications and it can just be a total onslaught of many hundreds of applications. Right. And then how many of those use a, another way to contact you or another connection? What percentage of applicants manage to do that? Yeah, Maybe 5%? Uh, yeah. So if you can do that, you're really you're setting yourself your apart. Odds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Speaking of internships, so you're talking about entry-level positions or people that could possibly be in college and looking to. That's a challenging time for people that get that first opportunity. Do you have any specific steps for young people that are, yes. or even so, older people that are re-entering? Yes. For people who are re-entering or they're going in fresh, you definitely want this multiple contact strategy um, mm-hmm. because that triggers, like when a hiring manager gets a message like that, sometimes they don't see it. Other times it makes them realize, oh, this person actually really wants this role. Like I'm just going to go check them out um, mm-hmm. or I'm just going to look at their, right. their LinkedIn profile. And that helps you get through. Another thing to do is I have a strategy called a BAMF binder. And what it is, it's basically creating a portfolio for yourself. A lot of people who are designers or other visually creative people have portfolios, but I've had a portfolio in every single job search I've done. And what this does is if you were working in a different industry before, a different type of role, or if you were volunteering for a bunch of organizations, there's a lot of work that you did that is extremely transferable. And sometimes hiring managers seeing that on a piece of paper and looking through the way you display that experience makes it so much more impressive and makes it so much more transferable. And that's such a great tip. Yeah, that's a great yes. idea. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know, you really have to be thinking about that while, while you're, you're in, in right. whatever your current job is, yes. or if you're in a sorority, or if you're in college, anything you can put into a folder to help you get that job later on. That makes Absolutely. a lot of sense. That's nothing I ever did. Don't <laughs> 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 yeah, you're you're but really ahead tip. of the game. You know, you're really on top of things, Madeline. But so we don't have a lot of time looking at the time. So I do want to just uh, definitely touch on some great resume tips and some LinkedIn strategies, which you again have an amazing LinkedIn following. And mm-hmm. so, what do you recommend in those areas? So something that's really interesting is that there's three parts of your profile that. If we're talking about search, so the two people who are using search the most often on LinkedIn are recruiters and salespeople. A lot of us want to be found by recruiters. And if I was just to give you three things to look at on your profile, the first would be your headline. Your headline Mm -hmm. should have the right keywords because when a recruiter is searching, that's where the search first picks up the keywords is your headline. So Right. And LinkedIn will populate automatically to your latest job if you don't go and edit it. And that's absolutely correct. Yes. And so what I recommend is think about what job you want as your next Mm -hmm. job. And let's say you're unemployed right now, but you really want to do something in digital marketing. Your headline should say digital marketing or digital marketer in it. You don't say open to opportunities. You don't say student. Just say the the key words because you're saying, Mm -hmm. hey, Come to me because I will add value to your business for digital marketing. That is what the headline is for. Right. 
So even if you're in college and you haven't had a job as a digital marketer, but that's what you're studying, put digital yes. marketer instead of student. Exactly. I okay. Love that. Great tip. And also you mentioned you had a YouTube video. And again, I highly recommend listeners to head on over to Self Made Millennial and just watch these YouTubes for yourself because obviously we, we have limited time and can't cover all of these great tips. Right. Just subscribe just, and you'll yeah. get them all. <laughs> exactly. But um, you mentioned how you get 6,000 views on a posting in a video on LinkedIn and five tips that got me 30,000 impressions a day. So what are you doing? <laughs> well, hold up though, because she was saying, so number one was the oh, headline. Oh yeah, I'm she sorry. Was getting into Thank you, that. Bobby, keeping me on track. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah. It's so much to I talk know. about. It's we just, could keep you exciting. here all day, but I'm I, sorry, you're right. So Madeline, yeah. So number one. Number yes. one headline, number two, location. People who are searching are often looking for someone in the same location. So that usually right. means just put a location that's very simple or if you doesn't are, matter if you're living there or not just if you want to work in Seattle and you're living in Boston put Seattle right correct correct yes yeah. and i've never seen that be an yeah. issue that makes because sense because once you get on the phone with them you say yes my intention is to move to Seattle within the next 3 weeks and right. i'm i'm looking for opportunities and say great cuz you're qualified and we'd love to hire you so let's get this going yeah right. and then the third one is your skills and endorsements way down there in the nosebleeds of your profile. And (laughs) this is the data that these searches are harvesting. It's very, you put in little keywords like visual design or something, and you put that keyword in there. And so then when someone searches for someone who knows visual design, your profile pops up. And so a lot of people ignore this section of their profile because it is so boring down there. there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. So it's right. No one's going to scroll down here, but it's not about the scroll. It's about the search. It's about the search. That's absolutely right. And you need at least one endorsement to rank for a skill. So just get your aunt or your cousin (laughs) to endorse you for at least one and you're in. All right. Right. That's okay. That's perfect. (laughs) Somebody out there has got to endorse you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, that makes sense. But no, going back to Meg's question, I think it's a great question. I just wanted to get those three, um, yes, I'm glad you did. Three things you had, but getting back to her question, I'm I'm interested in too about the thirty thousand impressions a day. How did you do that? <laughs> yes, so LinkedIn has this exceptional ability to create virality for content, mm-hmm. and what I've come to realize is that there's a general post format that I use for every single post, and then there's five post types that I think get the most engagement in any sort of a LinkedIn post. And so I leverage those types to then generate engagement. And then I have certain strategies I do that then converts these people to my email list or to my YouTube channel or to become coaching clients. And yeah, I've been building up these things. And I think I've, I don't know, I think not that long ago, I was just a few thousand connections. And now depending on when you're listening to this, it's, you know, definitely in the at least five digits at this point. And wow, uh, <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. So um, those five tips, can you go through them briefly or is it like check out my YouTube channel because it takes too long? <laughs> um, so I'll give you some quick tips on posting. Okay. Um, yep. Because yeah, you're right. There is a lot to go through. Um, I would say that the first three to five lines really have to be 
a hook. A lot of people like to do a bit of an intro of like the other day I was walking down the street and you've I was already lost about everybody, no, right? <laughs> you've lost me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Nobody it needs, cares. Right. You need to start with the middle of the story. <laughs> you need to start with yeah. I was hit by a bus. Yeah, you know? like, right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. Get to the punchline, which yeah, because yeah, people right, are scrolling, right, yeah. so it, it's got to be something that stops yeah. them from scrolling. Yeah, I have to say one thing that makes yours pop out honestly is how you do your name with the orange. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That that was a total experiment. Yeah. You know what? It works for me. That draws my eye every time. And I don't even have to read. I know it's you now. It's like Like your brand a little bit. And I know it's you. Yes. I love that. That that is absolutely intentional. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I see it all the time where people, yeah, yeah, their emojis pop up after talking to me. I'm like, right on. Let's do it. Right. It was a great move. Anyway. So yeah. So you were saying the first three to five lines are your hook. And then right. And you really need to space out your text. So for some people, this hurts them in their soul where they write a sentence or two sentences and then they have to hit enter twice. And I really, because it just feels unnatural. But then once you post it, you realize and you look at it on mobile, the readability there is vastly mm-hmm. improved. Yeah. Mm. That yeah, is a great Because tip. people yeah. digest things in small segments. So if you overwhelm them with lengthy text, it's going to be a wash. Right. And I just love, yeah. I just love how LinkedIn restricts us to 1300 characters because if you've seen my posts and, and they are my best tips in as few words as possible, because I usually try to cram in at least like three or four tips in there. And that yeah. is kind of the wonderful magic of this is that you learn how do I give someone an actual piece of advice or give them a story with a very key takeaway where they can walk away and be like, wow, that was an amazing read. And I learned something, but it was only 1300 characters. That's a yeah. that's a gift yeah. or a talent, I should say, for sure. Yeah. No, it is well, a talent. So yeah. I do think it can be taught. And I actually created a course, which is launching in November called LinkedIn for Thought Leaders. And it teaches you basically A to Z, how to create a content calendar, how to, there's a lot of like things about the LinkedIn algorithm that you really need to know when posting, because you'll get either rewarded or punished for doing certain actions and just how to build the best kind of content. So I'm so excited about that. that's fantastic. Oh, that's going to be great. How can people find that? Yes. So it's on my website currently on madelineman.com, LinkedIn for thought leaders, or if you just go to my website, it's one of the top tabs up there. Um, Currently, you can get on the list, but then it'll launch in early November. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm going to get on that list. Yes, do it. (laughs) I will, for sure. Okay. Should we just quickly cover some resume tips? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to. All right, like let's in, cover some like in one minute or less. <laughs> yeah. Could you please share with us some of your resume tips? Yes. One great thing to do is to, at the top of your resume, is to add some career highlights. So some really banging things that you have done thus far, such as let's say that you have a bunch of unconventional experience or it's from a bunch of different organizations. And so that's not your work experience. That's a great place to feature. If you were in an organization, you ran an an event where 3000 people showed up and you were the one responsible for getting them in there and, and running it. But that's not an actual job. That was just maybe a three month thing that you did. So you can't really find a place for it on your resume. Put it in this career highlight section, as long as that is relevant 
to the types of jobs you're going after. Right, right. Yeah, that's a great tip. So it doesn't have to be a job. You can just anything that's important, that's relevant, get in there and put it at the top. Yeah, All I right. like that. Right, because it can kind of cloud up your resume. Otherwise, if you're trying to make another experience bullet or anything like that with that. Right, because hiring managers spend so little time reading these. So you really want to make that pop, right? Yes. And should we just add to be careful of the application tracking systems and make sure not to include text boxes and that sort of thing to make sure you sail on through? Yes. So there's a lot of things to consider there. What I do is if I'm applying to a bunch of roles for a certain type of job is I create a word cloud of a bunch of job descriptions. Mm -hmm. And what the word cloud does is then the keywords become really big in the word cloud. And I notice, okay, those are the keywords I need to absolutely have on my resume. And those are the keywords that these ATSs are are scanning for. They're just making sure that you're applying to the right jobs. And so if you create this word cloud and then pull out those top terms, the very top ones should then go in your headline on LinkedIn. And then the other ones, including the top ones, should then go on your resume and that will help you to sail through. That's a great tip. And I just want to give a plug in, totally not sponsored, but maybe we should be, by JobScan. I don't know if you've ever tried that tool, but they do a similar thing where they'll scan your resume, scan your LinkedIn and scan your cover letter and compare it to the job posting to make sure you're getting in those important keywords. But anyway, yes, we should probably wrap up, unfortunately. Yeah. So usually, Madeline, we wrap up with some rapid fire questions just for fun. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. (laughs) All right. So here we go. Do you have a bucket list? And if so, can you share a couple of things from it? I don't know that I have a bucket list. You're too young, probably. I think you get older and you start creating a bucket list. But all right. Okay. How about a couple of things that you would just really like to get accomplished? Um, Some things I want to get accomplished. I've always wanted to go on a show like The Apprentice or something, not as a contestant, but as mm. like a a judge or something. Yeah, a yes. panelist. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. a dream of mine. <laughs> I, I think that would be the coolest thing ever. I think yeah, you should go I think after you should. that. <laughs> I could see you. All right, because I read this in your bio, what's your favorite board game? It might be a little basic, but I love Catan, Settlers of Catan. Oh yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. That's such a good time. I also love code names. <laughs> okay, I've played Catan with my millennial children. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't have millennial children. No, they're, they're, they're younger. younger. They're Generation, they're, they're Z, generation think, yeah. Z. But code, what was the other one? Code names. Ah, I haven't played that. I haven't heard that. So no, we'll have yep. to add those to our we'll list. We'll check it out. Right. All right. What do you do to de-stress? I like to play guitar. Oh, nice. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. All right. Well, we won't ask you to rip it out and do play us. A- <laughs> <laughs> but we're tempted. One, two, we're three. tempted. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, favorite day of the week? I would say maybe Tuesdays. Okay. That's Why Tuesday? Random. You yeah. have a day off on I, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I think that. Tuesday, you know, Monday, you've gotten a lot of the major meetings and a lot of stuff you really need to get done. Tuesday, you still have the whole week ahead of you. You have so much time to get stuff done. Okay, this says a lot about your personality to me. (laughs) Because most people are like, oh, Friday, but you look at it as I have all week to get stuff done. Yeah, yeah, you're That's your energy right there. I love that, honestly. I think you're the only person I've ever met that would have said Tuesday. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So we asked the right person. Yeah, definitely. Um, Favorite holiday? Christmas. I am obsessed with Christmas. (laughs) 
Uh, best movie or show that you loved or could at least recommend? I watch every year when Harry met Sally. Oh, oh my gosh. Such a good movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That I is a it. classic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you know, um, Meg's maiden name is Ryan. So yes, it's, I'm she's Meg, Meg Ryan. Ryan. So. <laughs> Heck yes. Heck yes. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. How many hours of sleep do you need? I try to go for eight. Yeah. Solid eight. Yeah. I'm a solid eight, too. Yeah. And, and that's wow. when I feel my best. Don't always get it, but, you know. Yeah. Paper book or ebook? I would say audiobook. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Good. Good. I know. I'll have to put that in my thing. I'll have to have a third choice. You're right. I do love audiobooks. Um, I do too. Especially when I used to commute. Now with exactly. podcasts, I got to say, they're kind of taking, taking over. Taking yes. over. Yeah. yeah. Would you rather pick up the phone or send an email? Pick up the phone. All right. Yeah. I would have guessed that about you. All right. <laughs> best, piece, <laughs> best piece of advice you've been given. Who? Or just one of the best. Right. There was a period of time in my career where I wasn't asking enough questions, where I was like, I'm just going to figure everything out and I'm going to do it all on my own. And then I ended up making a lot of mistakes because I wasn't asking thorough enough questions. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to now, even if I think, wow, I'm probably going to stand out because I feel like I'm the only person in the room who doesn't know the answer to this question. I ask it anyways. And right. it has yet to, it's always been positive. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, such that great is a good tip. And I do think that comes with age and experience where you don't feel intimidated to ask or right. you don't or think that it it's, show, it's not yeah. a negative thing. Yeah. Right. It yes. doesn't make yeah. you look less. And I think for a lot of people running places, they would prefer to have people asking than plowing ahead and doing the Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And making a nightmare of the situation. But well, that's a great advice. So you made it through the rapid fire (laughs) session. (laughs) It wasn't too bad. Yeah. Oh, Madeline. (laughs) I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) It was so great to have you on the podcast, Madeline. We really learned a lot from you. And I'm sure our listeners that are looking for jobs or anything in that department will really get a lot from this podcast recording. And we encourage all of our listeners to head on over to the South made millennial youtube channel and learn a lot more and check out that webinar and your web page and we'll definitely include all of those links in the show notes so they'll be right there for you and thanks again for coming on it was great thank you so much meg thank you so much bobby this has been a blast we've had a blast too madeline and enjoy the rest of your day all right you too I loved our conversation with Madeline. Yeah, so did I. She was great. Yeah, and just as an FYI, uh, Madeline is available for speaking engagements. She does keynote addresses, facilitates workshops. She speaks on panels, etc. So if you could use Madeline's services, please head on over to her website, MadelineMan.com, which we will, of course, include in our show notes. Absolutely. And of course, you can always reach out to Madeline on LinkedIn as well. Of course you can. So also, don't forget to check out Madeline's latest e-publication, Fill in the Blank Job Hunt, Essential Email Templates for the Job Search, which has shown to speed up people's job searches and get incredible results. You can find that on her website, MadelineMan.com. Yep. And lastly, head on over to Madeline's YouTube channel, Self-Made Millennial. You will thank us for this tip. Madeline provides rapid-fire, battle-tested career and job-seeking advice. 
Yes, she sure does. And I'm sure you'll love her YouTube channel as much as we do. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, everyone, so much for listening today. Yes, thank you. And please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. This is the only way we can grow and help others to find our show. And maybe one day, actually make a little money for the thousands of hours <laughs> we put into producing this content. I mean, that would be a novel idea, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it'd be great. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, have a great day.